Jesus is not commending uh, uh, his dishonesty. But what he is commending is the fact that he did something that demonstrates that even wicked people are wiser than the children of light when it comes to money. You're listening to Treasure Truth with pastor and author James Ford Jr., senior pastor of the Christ Bible Church in Chicago. I'm Steve Hiller. Glad you're with us today as we continue a message called Money Never Sleeps. And pastor, I want to back up and kind of unpack and give a little context to what we just heard. You said Jesus is not commending his dishonesty. So obviously somebody did something kind of shady here. Yes, he did. give, Give us the context of the story that you're referencing. Well, what he did, this steward had been pilfering funds from his employer. He's going to get fired. Mm -hmm. So he goes to the people that owe his employer and uh, has a deal with them. If they'll just give him half of it, uh, pay it to him. And uh, so, you know, he he does this dickering and this... uh, All the negotiating. Yeah, negotiating. And uh, actually is able to accumulate a bunch of funds. Mm Mm-hmm. And Jesus commended him on the fact that he knew that money never sleeps. He knew that money can make money. And that's what he did. And that's what Jesus commended, not his dishonesty. And and then he says it. He says, you know, that the children of darkness are sometimes wiser than the children of light. Yeah. You know, listen, we need to send our money ahead. So you can't take it with you, but you can send it ahead. Every time we invest in the kingdom, we send it ahead. Every time we invest in ministry, we send it ahead. In our local assembly, in other uh, parachurch ministries, we send it ahead. Uh, We need to demonstrate uh, that we are wise. And so, I mean, if you have a vehicle that's in good shape and all of that, why, when we get uh, raises, uh, do we go out and buy bigger flat screen or concave TVs, Mm -hmm. bigger houses, why don't we ask, God, why did you give me this money? What do you want me to do with this money? Yeah. That's all. Ask the question. Uh, give God an opportunity to tell you why he gave you the money. You may be surprised what he wants you to do with it. Yeah. And uh, as we begin to ask that question and begin to cultivate the habit and the pattern of doing some of that, it actually gets easier to begin to loosen the purse strings and to give and to support, really kind of creating a culture and a a heart attitude of stewarding. That's right. Well, we're going to look at this today from Luke 16. Grab a Bible, join us there as we continue Money Never Sleeps. Here's Pastor Ford. Now, I've owned a whole lot of hoopties in my day. I already told you how you know if you own a hoopty. And uh, uh, one of the hoopties I had, uh, I bought it, and uh, it had an alarm to it. Matter of fact, it was held together by Bondo. And uh, so this used to be the parking lot. And I was coming out of my office when the women were being let out of their Saturday women's meeting. And when I came out, uh, this used to be my little carport, open air carport, and I'd park my car in and go in the door somewhere right along here. And so I come out and I hit the alarm on my car. Boop, boop. And the women start cracking up. And I said, what's so funny? They said, you have an alarm on that car? 
I said, well, yeah, when I bought it, the alarm came with it, so I kept it. And they said, well, the alarm costs more than the car, the way your car looked. And I said, well, I'm doing the best I can with the money that y'all paying me. Mm-hmm. And, and so uh, I used to take the kids up to camp in my car. And so uh, this same hoopty, I'm on my way uh, up to Camp Hickory. We used to have uh, what we call Camp Hickory, and then they sold it. Uh, took the kids to Camp Hickory. And uh, on the way up, one of the kids said, you smell smoke? And uh, another kid said, yeah, I smell smoke. And I said, I smell it too. When all of a sudden, woof, the dashboard caught on fire. I pulled over right away and uh, said, get out, kids, get out. Let's try to put it out. Get out. Run that way. Run that. Don't run on the highway now. Run that way. And so they all ran, about eight or nine kids, and I ran too. And by the time we got to the crest of that hill, uh, the car had caught on fire through the hood, and it was burning up. It wasn't too long later, it wasn't even a couple minutes, when a state patrol car pulled behind uh, my car on fire. And when he got out, I was like, I couldn't believe it. It was one of my members. It was Brother Robert, who was the state police officer. And I said, Brother Robert, he said, Pastor, what's happening? I said, man, you see what's happening. The car just caught on fire. We got out, man. I told the kids, hey, we're not trying to put this out. He goes in his trunk. He gets a fire extinguisher. He puts the car out. He says, well, where are you going, Pastor? I said, I was taking the kids to Camp Hickory. And uh, he said, okay, and he got on the horn, and he called one of his state trooper buddies. Uh, So he came, and he said, take the kids to camp, and I'm going to take Pastor back home. Uh, So, you know, uh, we're talking on the way home, and I get home, and uh, I say to the wife, I say, man, car caught fire, and, you know, I don't know what we're going to do, but I'm going over on Western because I saw the commercial where you could go over on Western and you, they'll give you a car no matter what your credit score is. You don't have to have a down payment or anything. But they didn't tell me that the interest was 35%. But I needed a car. And after all, the church did have a van, but at that time, I wasn't allowed to use it. And so, uh, you know, I said, what am I going to do for my hospital visits? Take CTA. And so, you know, I'm in a pickle now. I said, no, 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 I'm not. I, I'm going to go over and get a car. So the wife said to me something profound. Uh, she said, uh, baby, uh, we can't afford a car note right now. We're only making $100 a week. And I said, well, you know what? Either that or the alternative is, you know, I'm going to have to take the bus. I'm going to have to walk. I can't be doing all that, baby. And uh, I said, I'm going over to Western, and I'm going to pick me up a car. She said, you know what? You're going to put us in greater debt than what we are already in. And so, you know, I felt like saying, I never said it to her, but I felt like saying, you know, woman, when I want your opinion, I give it to you. And you brothers ever felt like that with your, you never said it. You're too wise to say something like that, but you thought it plenty of times. Amen. (laughs) And then she said something very profound. She said, you're not even going to pray about it, preacher. I said, but of course I'm going to pray about it. She said, but think about this. 
because you haven't even prayed about it. You're going to run over here and put us in greater debt. But you didn't even ask the Lord to provide what we needed. Now, look what God did. You said Robert came a few minutes after the car caught on fire, put the car out. God allowed you to return to me, the kids to go to camp. And he gave Robert, what was Robert? He's Philippians 4.19. But my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. She preaching to me. And she said, so God already showed you that he's gone ahead and provided everything you needed. He provided Robert. He provided a ride for the kids. He provided, she said, of all the places for the car to catch fire, it caught fire in Robert's area. I said, well, you got a point there. And she said, well, let's pray then. And she's my prayer warrior. I said, you pray. And so she prayed, and my wife, she don't play when she prays. Amen. Amen. And she prayed. And she said, Lord, we're going to trust you. And, and when she said, in Jesus' name, amen, here's what she said to me. She said, can you wait 24 hours? Can you give God 24 hours? Can we walk by faith for 24 hours? I didn't know why she said 24 hours, but it wasn't a long time. And, you know, after 24 hours, like I say, mm, I'm, get, I'm headed up to Western. That's our provision. The next day, one of the members here, he's with the Lord now, his name is Ed Casper. He called me. He didn't know the car caught fire. That information hadn't gotten around yet. He said, Pastor, you know my dad died last week. Yes, I do know. And uh, he left me his estate. I said, yeah, yeah. He said, and he left me two brand new cars. And so Katie and I were talking, and I was saying, we're getting two brand new cars. What are we going to do with this one? It's paid for, but it's only two years old. And so Katie said, why don't we see if Pastor can use it? Because he drives that, what's he called it? It's a raggedy car, whatever he calls it. <laughs> and so we're calling to see if you could use a new vehicle. Now, my wife, who never tells me, I told you so, just looked. I told you so. And it became, it set the stage for me uh, that God used her to help set the stage for my beginning to trust God and going to prayer first about things and waiting to see what God's going to do before I make a hasty decision to do what I want to do because after all, it was an emergency. Hmm. And so what happens? I mean, I thank God for my sugar babe and the wisdom that he's given to her uh, that helped us get out of debt. Hmm. I mean, we were already robbing Peter to pay Paul. We were already doing that. As a matter of fact, uh, we had robbed Peter to pay Paul so much that Peter just stopped asking us anything and start paying Paul directly. <laughs> yeah, money talks. I can't deny. I heard it say, bye-bye. <laughs> yeah, my, my ends, uh, they don't meet. They don't even touch. They just wave. Yeah, and, and so here's uh, what my wife knew. Thank God for, uh, does anybody have a wife with some godly wisdom? Yes. You ought to give her a kiss if she's here right now. You ought to just say, sugar, I appreciate you and your godly wisdom. Well, one brother got one. I saw you, bro. 
Amen. The rest of them say, we ain't church. We ain't kissing right now. <laughs> well, we're going to get back to this message, Money Never Sleeps, in just one moment. If you are wanting to know more about Pastor Ford, his teaching, and the things that he's passionate about, including money and marriage and things like that, come to our website and look for the Stay Connected bar on our homepage. You'll find uh, links there to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed, a link that will allow you to download the Moody Radio app and more. Just come to treasuretruthradio.org and look for Stay Connected. Back to the message. Here is Pastor Ford. And so what happens? She knew something. Ask me what she knew. She knew that money is tainted. Taint yours, taint mine. Yeah, she understood Haggai chapter 2, verse 8, where God said, the silver is mine and the gold is mine, saith the Lord of hosts, God Almighty. In other words, Israel was getting ready to build a new sanctuary, and they were saying, we don't have the money. And God said, wait a minute. You're looking at your pocket. You're looking at your checkbook. You're looking at your wallet. You're looking at your paycheck. When you get ready to do something for me, that's the wrong place to look. The silver is mine. The gold is mine. And so what you need to do is look to me uh, because I'm the one who provides all your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Psalm 24, 1. I hear my preach coming on. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, the world and they that dwell therein. Psalm 50, verses 9 through 12. It says, I will take no bullock out of thy house, nor he goats out of thy folds, for every beast of the forest is mine. And the cattle on a thousand hills. I know all the fowls of the mountains and the wild beasts of the field are mine. If I, I was hungry, I would not tell you, for the world is mine and the fullness thereof. I love cowboys. You already know that. And when I saw that, the first time I saw that, I shouted. Because when I watch cowboy pictures, those people who own that cattle, they count their cattle by the head. I have 50 head. I got 100 head. I got 1,000 head. I got 5,000 head. But God counts his cattle by heels and not by the head. He said, I got cattle on a th That's He has an abundance. There is a no lack in heaven. Amen. The food pantry in heaven is always full. And so everything is God's by ownership. It's only ours by stewardship. Take this church. Take this church, Christ Bible Church. It's Jesus by ownership. It's mine by stewardship. What do you mean by that? That according to 1 Peter chapter 5, verses 1 through 4, there's coming a time when at the judgment seat of Christ, I will stand before him to give an account for what I did as an under-shepherd for the great shepherd, as an under-shepherd for the chief shepherd, as an under-shepherd for the good shepherd. He's going to hold me accountable for everyone that that he's ever brought this way to be shepherded by this under shepherd. And he's going to evaluate me. He's going to say, you're the under shepherd. I'm the chief shepherd. Did they know that? Did they know that? Did you submit to my authority and instruction about Christ's Bible church? Did you remind them that you're just the best man and that I'm the groom? And that all you're doing is just in preparation for the final consummation of our marriage is just under shepherding until I come to get my bride? Did you tell them that it was me, Jesus, who died for them and not you? 
Man, did you feed the flock or did you fleece the flock? Remember, I held you accountable. Why? Because I assigned you to shepherd the sheep, not to sleep with them. I can't get no prayer up in here. And so Matthew 25 and this text teaches us that one day we'll be held accountable. Uh, Psalm 127 verse 3, it says, children are a heritage of the Lord and the fruit of the womb is his reward. So then when God gave you your children, he said, I'm loaning you these kids. They're my gift to you. And so I want you to train them for me and pass them. And when you stand before me, I'm going to hold you accountable for what you did with those children. Mm. Yeah, let me just say it. I, I, I know I'm not talking about it, but I'm going to say it. Man, you helped make the child. Uh, you were man enough to help make the child, but you're not man enough to help raise the child. Mm. Yeah, you weren't even responsible enough uh, to make your child support payments. And the tragedy is 66% of our children are growing up without a father. And so you have no time for the child, but you are on PlayStation 4 hour after hour after hour after hour after hour. Hmm. Go ahead, preach. Help me preach it. Say, dead monkey on the line. Tell your neighbor, dead monkey on the line. And so a steward is someone who manages something for somebody else. This is a powerful story. Now, we started it, and you said you were going to finish it on Wednesday. Then I thought about it. I said, why in the world should all the people who don't come on Wednesday escape this beating? Come on. <laughs> yeah, we got to deal with it, so they might as well hear the rest of the story too. Yeah, and so let me remind you that Jesus is not commending uh, uh, his dishonesty. But what he is commending is the fact that this steward understood something about money, that he, he did something that demonstrates that even wicked people are wiser than the children of light, verse 8b, when it comes to money. In other words, he knew that money never sleeps. So here's what I'm teaching you, a good lesson from a bad example. I gave you the outline. I told you in verses 1 and 2, you have the problem. In verse 3, you have the pondering. In verses 4 through 6, you have the plan. And in verse 8, you have the purpose. So let me read uh, verse 8 again. He says in verse 8, And the Lord commended the unjust steward because he had done wisely for the children of this world are in their generation wiser than the children of light. And so our last time together, we said, what do they do that demonstrates they're wiser than most of us as believers? That unsaved folk are wiser when it comes to money than most of us. We said, number one, they maximize their money. I don't have time to go back through all that. Uh, but, but we talked about the fact that he understood you just can't be a consumer. And uh, we, we said that in our community, we got to realize uh, that we are the largest consumers in America. And so, and you look at what's happening in our food deserts, in the economic desert that we're in. We're ripped off by rent-to-own stores. We're crippled by check-cashing stores. We're pawns of pawn shops. We're redlined by insurance company. We're pilfered by payday loan stores, and we're taken by title stores. 
And I said, uh, the last time we had to learn some new words. What kind of words? Instead of new car and new clothes and bigger TV and new, we need to learn some new words. We need to learn words like trust and wheels and mutual funds and investment clubs and home ownership and money market and stocks and bonds. And here's one, saving. And so we said, listen, we, we need to do that. So we said they plan for the future. That's the second thing we talked about. They maximize their money. They plan for the future. Okay, let me, let me move on. This is all new stuff here. Number three, they use what they have. Now, in this text, here's what we notice. The guy is being accused of being a poor steward because he's pilfering from the owner. The owner says, I'm going to fire you, and he looks at what he has. He immediately begins to say, wait a minute, uh, they owe this much, they owe this much, okay, I still control it, let me do something now that's going to help me later. Let me use now what's going to help me later. And so what does he do? He goes to them and says, you owe this much, okay, take 50% off. Uh, You owe this much, take 20% off. See, here's what we do. We focus on what we do not have failing to realize we have more than we think we have. Okay, okay, I hate to do this, but, but, but I have to. You have more than you think you have. I don't have any money. I can't afford this. I can't afford that. But you can afford, I took my grandkids, I took my grandkids, and I started dating them like I dated my boys, but I only had three boys that were living, and so it was pretty easy. I had nine grandkids. And so uh, when I'm taking Jaden and John Mir out, and I said, so what do you want to do? And they said, we want to go get uh, one of these game cartridges. So I, I, Brother Watkins, I take them to the cartridge store. And so I said, get what you want, get what you want. That was a mistake. They came back. And General, I'm telling you, two cartridges was like $129. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry. They said, what's wrong, Papa? You, I know you got the money. I got the money. I can't make myself pay this much money for that. Even though it's for you, I can't do it. I can't do it. And so they said, say, well, what can you do? I said, do they have used ones? Yeah, Pat, well, go get some used ones. So they went and got the used ones. That was 60 bucks. You're listening to Treasure Truth with Pastor Ford, a message called Money Never Sleeps, and really some practical thoughts as we wrap up today's broadcast on ways that we can maximize money and learn some good lessons, even from bad examples, as we've been diving into some of the principles and truths we find in Luke chapter 16. Now, if you've missed any of the broadcasts in this series, Money Never Sleeps, you can always come and listen online. Come to treasuredtruthradio.org. There you can stream a program or download the MP3 for free. And if you're on the go, a couple different ways that you can listen. First, you could come to the website and sign up to begin podcasting the program. Then you won't miss a future broadcast. But you can also listen on the go if you have the Moody Radio app. It's free and available for Apple and Android products. And you can find it by going to your favorite app store, like the iOS app store or Google Play. Or we'll link you to it when you come to our website, treasuredtruthradio.org. Again, that's treasuredtruthradio.org. But whether you listen online or through the app or by podcasting the program, we're glad you've connected with us and hope that uh, you'll consider becoming a giving partner to the ministry. We do depend on your generosity to keep Pastor Ford's teaching on the air each day. 
And you can give your gift online by coming to treasuredtruthradio.org and click on the link that says Make a Donation. Again, that's treasuredtruthradio.org and click on Make a Donation. Thanks for doing that and for listening. Thanks also to our producers, Amy Rios and Ryan McConaughey. For Pastor Ford, I'm Steve Hiller. Treasured Truth is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.